The Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, o Lord. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, Why then are you baptizing, if you are neither the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. This, this took place in Bethany, across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. I've got to plan my escape route if I need to get out of here. <laughs> I was, uh, I'm, anyone who knows me knows I'm a very indecisive person. When I go to a restaurant, it takes me forever to pick up anything. Um, so this week, as I was thinking about the passage, I kept changing my mind about what I really wanted to focus on, the in- incarnation and how we should be incarnate in the world. I wanted to focus on it as a trial and understanding witness in that way. And I just kept couldn't make up my mind. And the funny thing is, I had this constant nagging from my child, (laughs) Oliver, who uh, lately has been playing with light switches nonstop. At least an hour a day we spend just going on, off, on, off. He'll go, light. And then when the light's off, I go, dark. And uh, even this morning when I woke up, the first thing he said was, dark. And then he was like, light. And then he went around and turned all the lights on and And so, oh, you know, wait a second. Maybe he's trying to tell me something. Maybe I should focus on light and darkness. It's amazing how easy it is for us to just create light with the flip of a switch. We have so many lights in our apartment, so it keeps them busy all the time. But it's hard to imagine the early church when they didn't have light switches. I think they had things called candles. They had to rely on something that's, you know, this little physical object that you had to light, you had to have the flame, you, they burnt down. They weren't the same as our continuous source of light that we have. And so with this language of light and darkness that we get in John's Gospel, and uh, we don't get to hear all of it in today's message, right before the text we have today, it talks about Jesus as being the light of the world. The light shines in the darkness and no darkness shall overcome it. But for people, at the time this was written, darkness was something very real and tangible. It was something with, with a substance to it. And they knew that a single light could fill a room, a single little flame. 
for us, it's, we're, we're distanced from this. Now, as Christians, we all uh, have this idea that we should be bearers of the light in the world, right? Does everyone agree with that? Yeah? Um, well, then I have a question for you. What do we call the person who carries the cross in the procession sometimes in church? Does anyone know the name for that? The crucifer? So the Latin word for light is lux. What do you think you call the person who bears light? The lucifer. <laughs> There's this term that uh, we associate with the devil as being a light bearer, which is really strange. And there are some histories of the morning star and these strange passages in Scripture. But I think there's something in that. And John certainly makes it very clear that he is not the light, but that he is pointing, witnessing to the light, pointing to Christ. Now, we approach this passage much like these priests, Levites, and the Pharisees that sent them. We come to John wondering, who are you? <laughs> we ask that same question. In Matthew, we have John the Baptist. No, we have John the Baptizer, I think. In Mark, John the Baptist. I think in Luke, it's something like John, the son of Zechariah. They all have little different names, but in this passage, it's not clear that John should be known as the Baptist. There's just a brief mention of it. It's really John the witness, or John the voice. The voice of the one crying out in the wilderness. But what's important about understanding who John is, is understanding who John is not. These no's are emphatic because John wants to continue pointing towards Christ, not himself. We are increasingly taught to look inwards for the light. Self-help books are all over the place, filling lines and lines in our bookstores. We're taught to look inside for that light inside of ourselves and to rely on our own capacity to grow and work in this world. We've created such a cloud of light, of this inward focus. Even in church, we talk about our personal Lord and Savior as if Jesus is ours, we own Jesus and that it's our salvation and not God's salvation, God saving us. Even in the meal, I think we often forget that we are not the host, but that God is the host in Christ. It's difficult for us not to claim these things as our own, to look inwards. And we've dazzled things with so many lights and so many ways to look at it that if we were wise men today, and we were following the bright lights, we'd probably end up in Las Vegas, <laughs> where all those shining lights, you can just see that city when you approach, that glowing horizon. We've covered the manger scene in so many Christmas lights that a passerby wouldn't even see the baby Jesus in there, I think. Light pollution is a serious issue today. We were just talking the other day about how Neither Pastor Matt or I had, couldn't remember the last time we saw the Milky Way. We were able to look up in the sky and see, you know, all these stars. It's a strange thing. I remember it so dearly, though, that image of just clouds of stars in the sky. It's been so long since I've seen that. But we have so much light, and it's an issue 
both for not being able to appreciate the beauties of the world, but also energy consumption. Imagine how much energy we put into charging and turning on all these lights. I think in the church, we have a similar issue. We have a light pollution problem, and it's not Christ's light that we rely on. We rely on our own faculties to produce that light. We rely on the little things we have to get done in preparation for Christmas. We cloud up the Advent season so much with preparation that we forget to see that baby Jesus in a manger. We forget to know, remember what we are looking forward to. And it wears us out if we rely on our own, our own lights. It wears us out in the long run. We, church after church, will just bear down because they are investing so much and being so caught up in what they have to do to spread the gospel. Well, if we take a cue from John, we learn that we just need to point and appreciate where the light is. Except we get distracted by that pointing finger, don't we? Like the uh, Chinese parable or Chinese saying, what is it, the, uh, the the finger pointing at the moon, but the imbecile sees only the finger. Or the, I think the Tanzanian has the same parable. I showed you the stars, but you saw only the tip of my fingertip. We have a hard time looking past the human in life and making that faithful leap from John's fingertip to Christ. So we, too, have to learn how to declutter ourselves, to learn to make space for Christ in our hearts But the gospel message is that this light is full of joy, that we find joy in this light. The first, the earliest Christian hymn we have outside of Scripture is the Fos Ilaron, which is the Greek for gladsome or joyous light. Many of you probably sung the uh, Holden Vespers version. This idea that this is a light full of joy, that this is something that invigorates and draws us towards God. And that is something we need in the Christmas season. That's not a passing joy of a Christmas present. The joy in God is something eternal. Now this is traditionally thought of as the third Sunday of Advent, the Gaudete Sunday, the Sunday of joy, Advent Sunday of joy. And in our readings, we heard joy in Isaiah. There's joy in the psalm today, which we didn't hear, but it talks about the laughter and joy in Christ. And in 1 Thessalonians, what does it say? The first line, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing and give thanks. That is the will of, Christ, of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, if we learn to grab hold of that, to declutter, to let some space be made so that we aren't hanging a no vacancy sign for the inn and watch Jesus' family walk right on by, but that we are willing to welcome in and not try to control the light of God, but to accept the fact that this will bring us joy and give us the life that is the light in Christ. Amen.